Hello and welcome to another episode of the Peak of Existence podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Brewster, and today I'm joined with Tegan Lockyer and Cole Dietrich. What's up? The Peak of Existence is a podcast where we attempt to capture and explore some of the invisible aspects of Loveland High School, so let's get started. All right, so Tegan, we're going to start off with you. What is your most interesting hobby? I collect and take care of houseplants. Interesting. Mm. Um, starting off with it, does it get expensive? How expensive can it get? All that fun stuff that comes with it. It can range prices. There's, you know, $5, $1 plants, and then there's like $10,000 plants. It just... <laughs> just casually, just, yeah, there's $10,000 plants. <laughs> it just, you can really kind of decide on how much you want to spend. Yeah. Um, I think my most expensive plant is like, it's probably worth like 150 but I okay, I got hard. it for free. Hey. Out of a dumpster. Very nice. Got a dumpster <laughs> die for that. <laughs> got a dumpster die for that. Um, is it easy to learn, in your opinion, do you know? Like... It really depends on your habits and the kinds of plants. So if you go for like, say a hard, a plant's hard for me, it might not be hard for you because you have a different watering schedule. It Do, do plants need schedules, like, like set schedules? Like It, it really depends. <laughs> it's kind of like, I don't know. I water mine when they're dry. Okay. Um, not going to lie. I've killed every plant I've had minus I've, two cacti. I've even killed cactuses. That is from I that I okay. Actually, I managed to get one of my cacti to flower on the top, and I am really proud of that. I have it a harder purple. time with succulents than anything else. Like I can do hard foliage plants. Just I don't fine. know what that means. Like Covering. leafy plants. Yeah, okay. But I succulents, succulents like I I murder them all. Just casually, like die. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. Um, what's your favorite part about it? Life. Cool. <laughs> It just makes my room feel very alive and... She's like, yeah, I just get that fresh O2 every time I wake up. Oh, (laughs) hell yeah. Anyways, um, how long have you been doing this hobby? Um, about two, two and a half years. Okay. Uh, how many plants have you, like, acquired in those two and a half years? Uh, I'm at about a hundred. Just casually. All right. moly. Um, do you have anything else to add? No. Okay, sweet. Thank you for thanks joining for us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining. All right, Cole. So now we're going to start off with you and your hobbies. So first question really is, what is your hobby? My hobby is professional remote control car racing. Anything to call it by a shorter name? RC cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first of all, what... Uh, made you get into this um when i was like six or seven my dad actually let me drive one for the first time i have lots of pictures with them when i was younger but i never actually got to participate and then i got to drive one down the street and i've been hooked ever since (laughs) that's pretty fair how expensive is it very very (laughs) to keep a very nice race car i'd say it's two and a half grand ouch yeah dude that hurts to think about (laughs) personally um is there like cheaper aspects to get into it or is it just kind of just there are definitely cheaper aspects you can go by the traxxas 300 dollars fresh out the box will drive not professionally 
or you can go buy the card that's $400. You build it piece by piece. You have to buy all your electronics secondhand. Okay. And yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a lot. It and is. Personally, like, I'm not smart enough for that. It's like, um, it's like PCs, but cars. But for cars. <laughs> or cars, but, but, I mean, but for cars. Yeah. <laughs> is it easy to learn how to assemble all those things together, or does there instructions, or is it kind of just one of those you're just going to have to learn it through YouTube videos type deal, or what? It does come with instructions, and you do got to be pretty good at following them very close. Yeah, because if you mess something up for something that expensive. Yeah, yeah. make sure you grease almost everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, there are YouTube videos, but you should just read the instructions. Just read the instructions. Yeah. It came with the YouTube video. That's a little paper booklet. Oh, yeah. Um, So you said you were doing this for how long? Nine years now. You're old. I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) If someone wanted to get into the hobby, how would you suggest them getting into it? Um, I would recommend finding a local hobby shop that has a track and running little tent scale cars because those are, with a grain of salt, cheaper. They're only like, the highest end ones are at least a grand, grand and a half, but it's substantially cheaper than the outdoor stuff that's only just a house. grand grand and a half okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't worry guys it's, it's just a grand just a grand yeah like because you know yeah. seven-year-old you had I, access to a grand i did okay um i hear that you kind of made your own business off of your hobby and tell us how that all works i did so you know these cars have very nice batteries and you have to charge these batteries on a charger Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. But uh, you need charge leads to do that. So no one really makes charge leads. Okay, dumb it down. What's a charge lead? Uh, I have no clue. The thing you plug from your charger into your car's battery. Okay. And so no one makes those unless you're going to like a big product manufacturer. And so we decided, hey, why don't we make our own that are customizable and you could have your name on them. Hey, that's pretty cool. You lose yeah. uh, how hard is that to do? It takes about an hour a lead. Okay. But I enjoy it very much. So do you make a good profit? Me. It's thirty-five a lead, so I think I think we make ten bucks off of each one. Okay. Where do you buy the leads from if they're hard to get? Oh, uh, we don't. We I make them by hand. Oh, you just make I the leads by hand. I have copper wire that I cut to size and solder myself and. <laughs> make the shrink wrap at home in a printer in a printer yep got anything else to add about it or i don't i very much enjoy it i would recommend watching videos on it i think it's recommend fun. doing that first yeah or like it's like cars you you gotta get into it before you can actually do it yeah no definitely okay so i have about just uh one final question unless something else comes to my mind Alrighty. Uh, what what's one of your favorite memories or funniest memories behind your hobby? Oh, okay. I'll do a favorite and a funny. So we normally bring a trailer to these events, and uh, we have some people come in, and be like, "Hey, it's cold in here. Can I hang out?" Yeah, sure. I don't mind. We had um, one of our buddies, Matt Chamber. He was fairly intoxicated, and he decided <laughs> to walk into our trailer and stick his head in our freezer. <laughs> And fall asleep. <laughs> so there was a sleeping man in our freezer. Um, yeah, no, that is. A, yeah, a, that was that was a treat. shout out to Matt Chamber. Yeah. He's out there now, man. Oh my. Um, and then I think my favorite one. We drove 14 hours to Texas. Oh wow. To race at a TNR National Fuels event, where I won the 
sportsman professional class and then ended up winning the raffle for 500 bucks. Really? Yeah. That what have you awesome. done with that $500? That is currently invested in a car. Nice. Yes. Like an RC car or an actual car? The actual car. Actual car? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you for sharing your hobby with us, Cole. No problem. How's it going, Taylor? It's going pretty well. Well, good. I'm here to ask you some questions. That's what's up. All right. So, That's how these work. Yeah. What is your favorite or most interesting hobby? Um, I'd say have to be my favorite would be my martial arts. Nice. Now, is this hobby expensive? Yeah, it can be, but I uh, have this thing called mom's credit card. Nice. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> is your hobby easy to learn? Um. In certain aspects, yes. Certain aspects, no. You know, the further you get with the progression of things, it just gets harder. But, I mean, there's really basic stuff you can start off and learn, and everything is built off the basics and fundamentals. And when you get down to it, the more, what's the word for it? The more complex techniques are really just built off the basics in different scenarios. Oh, yeah. I've been there. I am a yellow belt oh. in karate. Oh, yellow belt karate over here. I'm a big boy now. I, I did karate for two years when I was younger then I did jujitsu for just under two years nice. um, and then I'm currently doing Krav Maga and I started that the summer before I got into high school and I was a senior so nice. that math that works out that I don't do very nice What's, what belt are you right now? technically I'm an orange belt I'm going to be nice. testing for my green up in June Nice. Um, they only test for green and blue uh two times a year because uh, it's more complex so it takes more time to learn the techniques and stuff yeah. behind them and then I didn't feel good for the last test because I got my COVID shot oh yeah so I couldn't go to that and I was kind of bummed yeah that sounds horrible now what's your favorite part about this hobby <sighs> there's a lot of funny parts and aspects and stuff that I just love about it my favorite part would be the, mostly either the people I meet because I met some really cool people some really funny people that have influenced my life a lot or just uh, the mentality you get from doing it for so long. It's very a very nice. neat thing. Well, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Now, if you if someone asked you how they get into this hobby, what would you say to them? Throw them in the fire and let them learn. <laughs> Throw them in the fire. And <laughs> Literally just learn. show up to a class and just go into it. Uh, go. Don't be that person to be like, yeah, I know how to throw a punch. No, no, no. no, no like no. actually like be there to learn, but I'd just say throw them in the fire and let them have fun <laughs> and then learn the from that. Yeah. I've done that. To myself. Yeah, right? It's fun. one of the easy, I mean, it's hard to learn at first, but like, if that goes with anything. You just do yeah. it, you just learn it. You just gotta get comfortable. All right, what influenced you to get into your martial arts? Um, what was my main influence? Um, so, for this specifically, uh, I really wanted to go into boxing when I first moved here Ooh. from, yeah. And so, I was driving past the studio going down to Fort Collins and it said kickboxing, and I was like, check it out, see what it's like, and then I just kind of fell in love with it. Uh, did my first class on a Saturday, almost threw up, decided I loved it, and here I am three and a half years later, almost four. Very nice. Sounds awesome. Yeah, no, it was pretty crazy. It's <laughs> one way to get into it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, do you have any funny stories that go along with your martial arts? I have a lot, really, just because of the instructors I've always been around and stuff like that. Um, there, There's a couple that just pop out at me. Um, so we have one instructor, his name's Leo, and he's the youngest in, uh, instructor, I guess. So he's the closest in age to me. And so he always, you know, pokes fun of me and all that stuff. And so some other student, um, 
Tessie, she was asking him, she was like, uh, you know, why do you always poke fun at the kid, right? And he has a thing called a focus mitt on, so it's a little tiny mitt that uh, has like a glove thing that you slip your hand into. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like the thing you, I, and for, you guys box. can't see what we're doing, but yeah. we're like holding our hands up. <laughs> and so essentially all Leo does is looks at Tessie and then he's like, it's because he's like a little brother to me. And then he smacks the life out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, you know, we all just had a good laugh about that. And that's just something I find funny. And, I think that's hysterical. Oh, dude, it was, it was great. I love it there. Uh, the community over there is really nice. We all mess around, but. We also take it serious at the same time. Very awesome. There's uh, another time, there's this, um, oh, Tiffany. I almost forgot her name for a second. <laughs> Tiffany's about uh, five foot two, 120 pounds. Oh, little Tiff. I'm scared of that woman. <laughs> <laughs> she scares me. She's a professor at CSU. Oh, nice. I forgot exactly what for. But um, her whole thing when we're like in sparring situations or just stress drills and all that is literally just hop onto the back of any dude and then put you in a karate choke. <laughs> okay. And that's literally her whole thing. And one of our instructors, Honaker, he got tired of saying that because we'd all be like, what do we do? Because, you know, you just have this little this woman just on your back just trying to choke you out. We're like, oh, my God, what is happening, right? And so, and so at the end of one class, Honaker always made class, like, overrun. Like, literally, it'd be like, you get out, you're supposed to get out at 8 o'clock, right? 8.45, 9 oh, o'clock sometimes. my goodness. And at the same time, it's, like, really good. And, at the, like, you know, it's fun. You have a lot of training. It's fun. And at the same time, I'm just like, I want to have my dinner. Right? Yeah. And so I'm like, I want to get home and have my dinner. And so it's, like, 8.45. And he was just, like, done with us, just, like, failing to be able to, you know, get out of that yeah. and so essentially all he does is we're all like lined up in the front because at the uh, beginning and end of every class we bow in and say kida which is hebrew for um bow literally nice. it's simple simple stuff and um and so he has us there and then he just like calls tiffany forward he's like tiffany come here and then he gets a crash pad oh no and he's like tiffany do the thing on me really quick. And, you know, she got the nickname of Spider Monkey because of this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so he just takes her. He just judo throws her and just, like, straight on the pad. And then he's like, it's that easy, guys. Just chuck her if she ever gets on your back. And we're like, all right, Honaker, we'll take your word for that. But just, you know, just love the being around there and all that stuff. It's pretty crazy. Um, I was sparring one time. And it was a girl named Madison. She has four foot eleven. Oh my! She won. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. And so it, it also is just really cool to see like how much skill overbeats power. And oh yeah. Just skill just beats like you know just overall size. Yeah. And it's just really cool to see sometimes. Very nice. I'm very curious. What belt was Tiffany? Tiffany um, at that time was also an orange. Now she's a green, and she is going uh, to be an assistant instructor. Nice, because so. yeah, it was in my karate studio. I believe that's what it's called. I can't remember. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, if they were green belt or above, if you hurt them, it's their fault. <laughs> if you hurt them, that's, yeah, no, because that's fair. they're trained enough to know when to stop and how to stop you. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And so if you're, like, fighting and you hit their finger, their fault. <laughs> their fault. You're like, oh, dude, I'm just a yellow belt. Yeah. Not my fault. That's your fault. Uh, oops. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> Whoopsie daisies. Anything like that at your place or no? Um, no. Uh, really, our thing is just, like, um, if you're newer, just take it slower so you nice. don't get hurt. And then you have all of us who have been there for a couple years just, like, go into, like, the separate side of the studio. Oh, yeah. Because, like, it's a very pretty big studio. Nice. And so we each, like, go to our own side because, 
you know, we just need spots to work. And so then you'll just have like one side of like crazy people who have been doing this for years and yeah. just go all out on each other. And you know, the instructors just don't care. <laughs> yeah, you won't die. Yeah, no, essentially that's it. And then they'll just be like, okay, don't take it too serious. No and then they'll just go on and help the other new people, and they're like, "Oh yeah, fix this for him." And then you'll just have, and then you'll just have, uh, you know, just me and Eli just on the side of a mat, just like in the back, kind of a deal, just yeah, completely yeah. going full on it, just like choking each other out and like karate throwing each other. Well, this dude started tickling me one time to get him off him. <laughs> I punch people when they tickle me. Dude, that's that, that's a yeah, <laughs> do it. <laughs> But yeah, it, you know, meet a lot of great people, uh, instills a lot of discipline, gets your head in a good mindset, so I'd recommend it for most. So, yeah, that's about it for me anyways. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Peak of Existence. Special thank you to my guests. Cole Dietrich, along with Tegan Lockyer, and all those who have chimed in on the podcast. This episode was produced by Danny Holwig and me, Taylor Brewster. Don't forget to listen to any of our previous episodes if you haven't gotten a chance to do that already. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play, or anywhere you stream your audio. The hosts and producers for this episode are Cole Dietrich, Tegan Lockyer and myself, Taylor Brewster. The Peak of Existence is recorded in the Peak Studio, a space designed for staff and students by Jillian Cherry, Tatum Gibson, and Avery Hedon, and Lindsay Spence. Steve Phantoms provide the music for our podcast. The Peak of Existence is supported by the Thompson School District, and the Peak Studio is located in Loveland High School in beautiful northern Colorado.